Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block. Very excited for today's episode of the show. We have the founder and CEO of Delta Blockchain Fund, a friend of The Scoop, Kavita Gupta. Thanks so much for joining the program. I know that it's, I hope it's not too late where you are in the world. Always appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. For people who are maybe not familiar with your journey and your story and the thesis behind Delta Fund, walk us through it and then we'll we'll dive into the market because it's been pretty exciting these last few weeks. I know. Frank, thank you so much for having me finally. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to be here. Huge fan of Scoop. Actually, uh, it's so funny because you asked about our thesis and I should say that we should give you an advisory carry because a lot of episodes of Scoops have been part of our thesis and always evolving thesis. Uh, We are a pre-seed seed stage fund. We have been expanding. We initially started with 60 million. Today we are sitting at 125 million. AUM, investing across early stage companies, both equity and token but mostly infrastructure, the non-sexy stuff, the plumbing of blockchain crypto space, but the thing which is really, we strongly believe, going to lead us into the mass adoption. And also a back-end adoption, because I always say the day we're going to stop having the blockchain fund, like the way we don't have anymore the internet fund or the database fund, is when blockchain has really arrived. And I think that's what we invest in. How far are we away from that? We are pretty far. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I know every time Bitcoin prices goes to all-time high or ETH, people are like, "Why is this technology not moving?" But forgetting, hey, the first mainnet was launched in 2015 from Ethereum, so or actually later. So I think we are pretty far from the world of Facebook equivalent or. Twitter equivalent, but I think we are slowly reaching, maybe in three to four years, the Google equivalent of Web3. And in that time, it's not a bad idea to be a seed stage, early stage venture investor in this market. Walk us through how the venture market has changed since maybe Delta Fund came online. And then over the past month, it just seems far more active. I, I spilled some ink in the newsletter about this topic Last week, um, typically, typically, you know, VC lags uh, liquid in, in some respects. Um, have we seen deal flow pick up on the early stage side? So it's been a very funny cycle. I am also going to add something from the past. Um, when I was investing in 2017, and that was when there was like the first big ETH big all-time high. Uh, What we saw in 2017-18 market going really big, a lot of projects coming in, but the VC money really drying down in 2019 in the sense that there was literally no money to deploy because they were very limited. There were a handful of funds, three or four or five actually investing. There were not much money raised. And also we saw a big exodus of builders leaving the space. When I compare that from 2021 high, when suddenly you uh, talked about 
bunch of multi-billion dollar funds being raised for the space, a lot of over 40, 50 funds coming into the space. Um, and the companies, the, it's different. There is a lot of liquidity already because people have raised so much money in VC space to deploy. And if they want to justify their management fee, they have to deploy, to be very mm -hmm. honest with you. But at the same time, uh, we saw a lots and lots of projects still being built. We didn't see a huge movement of talent out or people not building. Um, the good things, as an investor, for me, the good thing what happened is the crazy fluff valuations of 2021, where somebody would just come and say, hey, I have an idea, it's $40 million valuation, mm -hmm. or it's $60 million valuation. That has really gone to a sane number of 10, 15, 18, you know. Also, I think there is decent amount of time to really do diligence. 21, it was everything was oversubscribed. People were just thinking about the idea and getting oversubscribed. There was a huge FOMO in VCs and created by the founders. And now I think Luna Crash, especially FTX, Three Arrow Capital, I think even the VCs in the space have started doing diligence with a lot of quantitative measurement, mm -hmm. like how are you going to manage your treasury? What's the address of your treasury books? We need a dashboard to see you are just not running a DeFi strategy with the money you have raised or you're not putting that money completely into a Bitcoin or ETH that the price is going to impact on your operating cash flow, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's actually really good for the industry going forward. Now, with respect to your question regarding how much is the movement, at least for Delta, we have been investing projects at least one to two every month. It's been super active. We just closed Comet uh, by Jerome, which is an amazing infrastructure project for the gaming industry, any Web2 projects coming into Web3. Mm -hmm. uh, we did WalletKit, which is an, which is a Y Combinator company just last month, um, uh, which is an MPC wallet account abstraction. So we, we have been active and looking at those cap tables with other investors. It seems the market has been pretty active. How long has it been at that pace for? Consistently, like if I go back month by month, looking at our internal balance sheet, at least there has been one project which has been added almost every month. It's definitely lower than 22 beginning when there were three or four projects getting around. Um, but said that, I feel like smarter seasoned VC have actually been more active in this market because it's the right valuation. It's also has told you which founders are here to stay. They're going to continue to build. And there are a lot of extension rounds which are getting, which are happening. Like we did three extension round deals in last couple of months, which they didn't announce by in the media. So probably it doesn't get added to the dollars, mm -hmm. but they were pretty big extension rounds like Fortify. Yeah, it's interesting, but there's still this like juxtaposition between maybe the early stage where you're operating uh, versus the more later stage, the names that we saw come into the unicorn club in 21 era of the market. Now, are, I mean, a lot of the unicorns of 21 are, you know, 
some of them went bankrupt and no longer exist in the same in the same manner that they did. But others are raising down rounds and are struggling to kind of live up to the hype that they raised in two years ago. Do you see that juxtaposition playing out? Is it, you know, is it safe to say it's better to be a, a, an early stage startup founder than it is to be someone running a company that was once a unicorn? I think it depends upon project to project. You're absolutely right. There are a lot of projects which got hyped up, went through crazy valuations, and they got money. So they raised also. So it would be very difficult to just point at the founder. If founder is getting that money and that valuation, why wouldn't she or he would take it? And the VCs. Um, We saw a lot of secondaries being circulated right now, uh, which are way lower valuations. Um, but at the same time, there are also projects which are able to maintain their really high unicorn valuations. So for an example, I would give an example, a company which I've been very proud of. It's let's say Anchorage. They did pure equity round. They didn't do tokens. And um, uh, they actually use this time to get more licenses and to keep on building to justify their valuations. And at the same time, Without taking names, there are a bunch of projects which we looked at for SPAC models, for doing uh, a lot of individual LP rounds, which I felt like has gone down by 80% or 70%. But here's the thing, Frank. I actually want to see, and I'm waiting, that when the next bull cycle will come, do some of these projects actually goes up in their valuation from their last round or where do they actually land up? Because some of those companies are still building products. They're still doing revenues and maybe their revenues are lower than the high peak time uh, because of the market conditions. But do they actually stay at the same level or go up? How does the liquidity in the growth market gets played at that time would be a very fascinating new benchmark for the blockchain crypto industry. How much time do you think those companies have to how much time do they have to power through to to get to that point of maybe being able to maintain the valuations that they had previously? 12 to 24 months. Minimum 12 months, I feel. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, very fascinating. Everybody is right now, if you open Coindesk, Blockworks, like all the amazing platforms, Block, um, people are talking about Bitcoin ETFs, Mm -hmm. SEC regulations. But... The conversation, which I'm not seeing much, which personally, as a like I am watching the market for, is how all the altcoins and ether prices have gone really up. Ethereum have moved 2000 plus, right? And suddenly you have Matic, which has gone up from 50 cents after the SEC story to now 88 cents which is a big jump. Mm-hmm. Look at Solana, $21, $22 to now, I think, 50 plus or 60 plus, something like that. And I feel like the market is slowly and slowly um, getting up or at least trying to find the base level again, if not the all-time high. And that is purely based on, I mean, of course, I'm sure there must be some fluff out there. But mostly I feel like, again, it's going back to builders and the uh, network impact of the builder's encoders building on this and the tech coming out of it in a big way. So in these early stage companies, uh, this new wave of entrepreneurs coming to the market, 
What new segments are you seeing uh, crop up? And we talked about the thesis at the beginning. How has your thesis adjusted or adapted to this new crop of companies? Um, a lot of stuff which makes us think, right? So for an example, uh, I have been a huge fan of how identity is going to play on blockchain. And people have different type of identities they play with on blockchain. Some some people wants to tackle financial identity. Some want to have handle government credential identity. Some people just want to stick to social identity like Lens of the World and Farcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing which connects all of them at the infrastructure level is compute. So you hardly hear about identity compute. And I think until mm-hmm. and unless you don't have a thing which creates a graph on the identity compute, you all these are very fragmented identity. So we spent a lot of time on that and then ended up investing in Karma 3 Labs, uh, which we felt like was one of the strongest team to go and say everyone and everyone can build whatever identity in a verified manner. But the compu- without the computation, nobody will be able to support it globally. So those are the type of segments which are coming up within social identity. Just there is so much of analysis, retentions, like we talk about DAOs. Let's take an example. Mm -hmm. People talk about DAO governance. People talk about DAO voting, but there's so many tooling and infrastructure which are required. But even with tooling and infrastructure, which we have heard multiple pitches, the credentials of who are voting and what is the biases around those voting has always been a question for me. Like one of the biggest reasons I've always been a little apprehensive about DAO governance. So if today you have a DAO where you have a financial incentive, but then most of the people who have come as anonymous actually needs to kill your project to be successful in some other way. And I'm just making up this scenario. Mm -hmm. You have no way to know uh who what are the background of these people and are they even eligible to vote like imagine a public company uh getting vote uh, board members or people who can vote on this the future of the company uh have full biases right a conflict of interest so i think which still hasn't like it hasn't been solved and we are still looking into it but creating a creating a sort of a reputation system, verified reputation system for DAO voting or any sort of voting system in the future could be very interesting. So we're looking at a lot of those things. Another one is just like, Everyone last season were talking about indexing. I'm sure you must have talked about indexing so much. And every time we go talk about indexing, we end up like Graph, Covalent, bunch of other platforms. The problem is that none of them are consumer centric. Mm -hmm. So and most of them, even for developers, are not so great as of now to use as a tool. They are amazingly great first step, but none of them are there to solve it ultimately that you will never move away from that. And uh, getting data is still one of the biggest problem in the space. Like even if I go to Dune or chain analysis or something, yes, I can get a lot of Ethereum driven data. I may get some Polygon driven data. But if I want to go to alternative chains like Avalanche, we were thinking of doing a big project on NFTs and trying to go to top six chains and think about how are we going to get the volumes of NFTs, the dollar price of sales, bids, da-da-da. And we realized if we wanted to get it for Solana and Avalanche and all these 
chains to compare it's just almost impossible to get that data until and unless we don't run our own nodes and spend a lot of money in those mm-hmm. running nodes etc so we are still looking into what's going to make data not only easily available but the back end who's doing the right meta tags and indexing for easy data analytics segmentation that's still a huge problem we did invest in air stack which we are very excited about but we still have to see how do they grow to make that as a consumer product easy they are doing a great job with developer um cross chain analytics such a it's such an easy topic to say and every vc you will talk to would talk about it now the core of that problem is when the money settles or anything settles between two chains or between three chains i think from the risk perspective or very quickly on an explorer to see the balance between those three chains when the swapping is happening is still not easily available so a lot of those things we can spend next hour you can you you can hear all the pain points which we have been trying to find and then trying to find great founders to solve them but to be very honest these are not very awesome sexy consumer products to talk about so it takes even longer to find founders with that background and experience to build and understand that problem how difficult does the perfusion of different layer ones how much does that contribute to that problem, right? Because if a certain ecosystem lacks the right tools, you're not necessarily going to be super keen to invest in that corner of the market. <laughs> Do we need more layer ones or layer twos? Don't we have enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think I've seen so many ETH killers coming, going. Everybody has the same promise of, lower gas cost and higher throughput and at the end of the day while promising same or better decentralization and then we do the same thing then we hear the pitch that oh this exists on ethereum now we're going to do mm-hmm. this on avalanche or we're going to do this on solana or now we're going to build exactly copy paste uh, on aptos and sui the problem is that if every chain is going to have the same type of projects and then their own native same ecosystem then that's still crypto native right so how many crypto native people are complaining about that experience if your initial pitch was by doing this we're going to have institutional adoption but now you're creating the same in chain economy with instead of getting really big institutions to come and use you which is always going to be a combination of public and private blockchain but now you have just gone into the level of public blockchain private yeah public blockchain ecosystem um i don't know it just then feels like a token ecosystem just a good mm. great retail vc token ecosystem game sorry to say that do you think that companies in that category will will have a more difficult time like if they're if they're taking the approach of we are solving this problem that has been fixed in Ethereum, but we're fixing that same problem in whatever it might be, Avalanche, Solana, et cetera. Are, are those companies going to have a difficult time raising? They're already having a lot of difficult time raising. We have heard so many pitches and they literally put it on their deck that, you know, we are the Aave clone because Aave is not available on this chain. You know, mm-hmm. we are this. Or, or also the other thing is 
now the same projects which were like raising money that we're going to be this xyz chain native now we're going to be multi chain now we're also going to be on polygon now we're also going to be on this and once they start going that route which is fine i mean that's the way to expand it great but then how are you different with the platforms which already have huge adoption what are you uh, really what's unique about it and the answer always comes to this oh we're going to be better ux ui and you're like nah mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that just doesn't really take you anywhere um i feel like in the in 21 economy everybody with so many new chains coming and getting a lot of traction and a lot of money coming from the ecosystem funds or the vcs who were supporting those chains were ready to put in money into those particular ecosystems specifically mm-hmm. we saw that so many projects which came took the ecosystem money from the chain or from those vcs and then started creating existing projects like oh we're going to create a decentralized exchange like uniswap but on this platform now or on this platform now and or we're going to create an indexer only for this ecosystem um and you're like great but then when that ecosystem starts dying well, whom are you serving because mm-hmm. you have barely 10000 active users and then they suddenly want to go and cross chain into polygon which is favored by everyone to be like the chain you need to be nowadays and uh, or we're going to take an optimism stack modular blockchain is the new buzzword zk is the new buzzword sometimes people want to put zk when there you don't even want privacy but they don't even understand before putting zk is like why are they putting zk there um so yeah it's been very funny and yes it's very very difficult it's been getting very tough for these people to raise money what about the centralized financial services segment that was i mean that was probably where we saw the majority of unicorns come from in 2021 from blockfi to anchorage a lot of these firms are offering like financial services in crypto is there still new companies coming to market in that segment and then i mean i just think about what has happened to a lot of those firms they've been like completely quiet in the in the last few in the last year or so um not as many announcements coming out of them is is this segment like you know lending exchange brokerage that seems to have become way less exciting i think ftx has quite nobody wants to right now after the whole ftx fiasco really want to go out and market themselves which can anywhere be associated with ftx i feel like i feel custody still is a huge adoption and more and more institutions like for an example black rocks of the world if they ever get into with their private wealth management supporting bitcoin will need to have a custody mm-hmm. solution right they're not going to build a entire internal custody solution just for the check and balances um so you're going to see institutional custody companies like fireblocks encourage especially because of their licenses in us going to grow I just feel like companies have now a lot of those companies which still have good revenues have just learned not to be in a lot of marketing mm-hmm. news. They are playing it very cool, especially after BlockFi. We all see how it went bankrupted because of various reasons out there. Um, I think another one was there was a lot of noise about a lot of wallets, uh, and uh, there was big. 
uh, unicorn valuations for exchanges for wallets and i feel like the volume has gone down but also the need for or the demand from government on on chain kycs or the exchange kycs global kycs or now even for decentralized exchange kycs um i'm making a lot of those people to play under the radar um and instead of being on the news or have a lot of announcement that's the feeling i have got the feeling which i have been getting with a lot of founders who have made it on the top uh is uh, let just not be in a bullseye let just like play and be quiet but at the same time the layer 1 layer 2 ecosystem continues to make noise they continues to announce partnerships every other day they are still big marketing machines um coinbase have been very interesting marketing machine i feel like for good reasons so far um so yeah the noise is still there but i also feel like some products like custody business will continue to grow and globally we also seen the trade fi thing more regional players coming in so for an example we continue to hear pitches from canada based custody mm. solutions or canadian in uh, neo banks one which is coming very strongly almost every day is some european driven on ramp off ramp solutions which also provides a uh, smart contract custody for treasury management for projects or to without having them to have a bank account directly um and with their licenses coming out of luxembourg and bunch of different lithuania and other places i feel like europe is looking for its own european local brew solutions for that um instead of exchanges like coinbase able to really get that market um you euro stable coin is another one which are making a lot of buzz and bunch of big trade fi uh projects coming in and then i think uh every time when the market is down you always hears about fractional tokenization and i'm sure that must be the must be the third wave of tokenization you must be hearing from the trade fi the real world assets real world assets and then just trying to tokenize treasuries and then stable coins as well a lot of new stable coin projects yep. they want those juicy 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 rates yeah so i feel like that's happening a lot and but you know the very very weird thing about is um risk management is something which every platform every conference talks about right so we always talk about especially after the luna crash that trade fi and especially hedge funds going to come up with very strong dashboards and risk management tools and some sort of transparency on their risk practices but i was talking to uh, like a friend of mine uh, mm-hmm. who is actually building a very very senior ex bloomberg executive building this really interesting uh, risk management bloomberg sort of a tool for hedge funds like uptick and mm-hmm. he feels like everybody tells him they all need it but nobody wants to have it <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's like i i find it very interesting and weird that hedge funds are still trying to have more shadow in house risk practices without everybody talking and having some sort of a market practice which is a bare minimum expectation if i'm putting in money in the hedge fund world but crypto hedge fund i'm talking about i really want to see how that space is also going to grow and what are going to be the 
common practices which are going to be disclosed. And like the investing side of things? Yeah, because like, you know how the uh, in the traditional hedge fund, SECs or over the years, there are certain risk threshold which you have to mm-hmm. disclose that this is going to be your risk profile and this is how you measure it and this is how you're going to share it with your investors. Most of that doesn't exist really in the crypto hedge fund world. Yeah, they're missing a lot of tools. There was a company that we profiled um, a few days ago that is building like different APIs and just automating a lot of the complexities and engaging with the world of decentralized finance. Um, because obviously so much of it is manual if you're, you know, staking or or sort of uh, monitor, monitoring your risk profile. Uh, it's it's not it's not something that has the automation that exists in traditional finance. So there was one company at least that came to market, uh, Definitive, I think it was called. That's that's building some of that tooling out. So I guess the point is maybe the hedge funds are just um, too early to feel like they can support the spend. <laughs> I mean, in a bull market, hedge funds are making crazy amount of money, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they have the capacity and with the management fee, they should have the capacity to support that spend. I feel like in the next bull cycle, they're going to feel that pressure of transparency from their investors. I have the feeling, mm-hmm. but we'll see. And they're probably being a bit more robust in their due diligence. Have you Have you noticed that change? I haven't really spent more time with hedge funds apart from like tracking a couple of them where I have just done small checks. Um, I feel like some of them took a big hit um, end of last year, early this year. And the the return profiles have significantly changed, reduced. Um, but at the same time, and market neutral funds really didn't like had anything much to uh, there were so many market neutral funds in 21 which came out like they didn't have much mm-hmm. to offer during that time uh, but at the same time i feel like they are seasonal like uh i from block towers to gsr to galaxy i think everybody mm-hmm. was on the same board like nobody had there was nobody who said my strategy is actually still giving me return i think it was just the market which moved together or didn't move together but i feel like um uh People are still very bullish that in when you see how the percentage like the market has moved up in last one month or so and it started thawing for maybe hopefully better uh, value. Uh, also, very quickly, a lot of those funds have come back to the market mm. and you suddenly start pitches for investing back into the liquid trading funds and everything, especially market neutrals. So I feel like these are seasonal probably. It will take us as an industry to be mature enough to have a consistent month after month, some returns and still better returns than 8% or 10%, 5% treasury bonds yields in the crypto market. Till then, I think we are cyclic. Okay. So looking to the next six months, what are you most excited about? What type of uh, catalysts are you maybe seeing on the horizon from a VC perspective? From the VC perspective, I'm very interested to see what else people are going to do with data and how industry is going to use that. So um, I think, as I mentioned, data indexing and analysis, I'm still really trying to put in more time, energy with the token flow, with it, Arist- of Solity, which just re- recently renamed, rebranded themselves. Um, 
So that's one. I want to see how does modular blockchain does mm-hmm. deliver uh, on their promise that any institution can create the combination of private, public, mm-hmm. and then have be on blockchain while preserving that the security is still going to go in more encrypted manner to some chain, which is going to be very decentralized because I'm still spending time to understand how base and optimism are really connected and really decentralized is actually a modular blockchain or not. The jury is still out there. I'm still not really a believer. So, uh, so that's the place which I'm spending time to understand. Um, then I think the third place is ZK EVMs and ZK VMs are all out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some movement happening. Uh, but what's the real use case? And where are people going to spend that extra money? And how important is privacy really is going to be used by the people? And how much are users ready to pay for it? I think it has always mm-hmm. been that question, even for the Web2 world. Will you pay extra 10 bucks to Facebook and not share your data? Or will you still continue to use it for free? Similarly, over here, how does that privacy works for, from the regulatory perspective and from the gas fee perspective and the, and the use case combination for the throughput? Because every ZK company think they're $100 million valuation. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join the program. Thank you so much, Frank, for having me again. Where can our listeners learn more about what you're doing, what you're working on, and where can they find you? Oh, our website has uh, everything, Delta Blockchain uh, Fund.io. Please do find us. We also have a Medium page with the same name. We do research pieces. So you're multi-chain. We did a whole thing that if the world is going to be uh, islands of different L1s and L2s, how are you going to have the bridges and the planes across them? So do a lot of researches. Uh, pretty active on twitter with very interesting memes things which we can't say we just express with our creative talent um yeah and please do reach us out if you're building anything interesting and especially if you think the valuation is not 150 million dollars just because you had an idea yes 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 (laughs) keep those valuations low okay thanks so much